teachers with the knowledge, attitude, behavior, and skills they require to perform their task effectively in the classroom, school, and wider community. As Christian soldiers, we must teach others how to teach others or what we call train-a-trainer concept. The command by Jesus was to go and teach all nations. Some believe that this command was to go make disciples through teaching. There are many methods that we can use to teach others, such as lecture, demonstration, hands-on, and the talk-through method. No matter which method is used, our instinct must be to produce disciples for Jesus Christ. And that's what God desires in all of us, is to come to that plateau and that place in Him to where we are able to share the truth of the gospel with other people. Once you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you must now become disciplined in a way that you begin to prepare yourself by studying the Word of God. As Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman, indeed, if not be ashamed, rightly divide the Word of truth. You've got to study. Amen. The answer to life's problems is in the Word of God. I'm here to tell you, you, you just got to get in the Word of God. If you got an anger problem, the way you're going to get rid of an anger problem is you got to get to prayer and reading the Word of God and being in church. If, if those three doesn't line up, you can forget it. Anger is going to drive you completely crazy. You got fear, whatever. The answer to your life problems are in that book. Amen. You just got to draw close to God, and he will draw nigh to you. You resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So the stronger you build your relationship with Jesus, the more you're going to become like Jesus. And as a result, you will be able to teach the way that Jesus taught. Amen. So we're talking about uh, uh, teaching here, and how do we win souls? We was talking a little bit about that last week, and so we got to go. But tonight, we want to move on to number two, because time is passing. Amen. And we want to talk about being a good, setting a good example. Amen. Setting a good example. And as teachers, this is a major goal. You know, teachers has got to be good examples. You've got to set good examples. Amen. Because others is always watching you. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 5, when he was teaching the Sermon on the Mount in verse 14 and 15 through 16, he told them, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city that is set on the hill that cannot be hid. Your life is a teaching tool. You are teaching whether you know it or not. As soon as you says, I'm born again, I'm a Christian, you are teaching. You know, if people are seeing you, they are observing you. The enemy knows what you're supposed to do, you know. And so, and as a result, we must get to that point to where, as James says, we look into the perfect law of liberty, which is the Word of God, and we be not forgetful of it, but a hearer of it and a doer of it. Amen. Our deeds will be blessed. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, he said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and in purity. And he says, Until I come, give attendance to read the exhortation and to doctrine. So he gives him a laundry, a laundry list of things that he must continue to do to what? Be a good example. You know, and Peter later on in his writing epistles in Second Peter 1, 5, Peter says, you add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, godliness, godliness, patience, patience, kindness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. If these things be in you and abound, 
they make that you would not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the second, third chapter of Second Peter, he finished that chapter out with the 18th verse. He says, but grow. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Christ. You've got to get into the knowledge of Jesus if you're going to be a good example. If you're going to set the example of a teacher for Christ, you've got to know what you're teaching. Amen. A teacher of truth must be an example of truth. A teacher of truth must be an example of truth. If Jesus is the truth, then we say we got the truth, and we know the truth, and the truth shall make us free, then we have to be an example of that truth. And this is why we have to live our lives, and we'll talk more about this next month, according to the Word of God. Amen. We've got to get to this point as children of God that we are living and being an example of the truth. Amen. A teacher of Christ must be an example of Christ. You know, this is, this is why he, 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 Peter tells us if you add these things, you're not going to be unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ. You're going to know about Jesus. You're going to know where your strength come from. You're going to know what, where your health come from. You're going to be so endowed by the power of God's spirit and abilities that you're just going to reflect it. See, I can't teach you about Jesus if I don't know Jesus. See, and the only way you we're going to know Jesus is we got to study the Word. In the beginning was the, and the Word was, and the Word was, amen. The Word became and dwelt amongst us and we beheld His glory, right? So we got to know Him. This is what Paul says in, in Philippians 3.10. Oh, that I might know him. Amen. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I have to know Christ. If I say I'm a Christian, I got to know my dad. You know? <laughs> you see? You know, you remember what Jesus told those disciples, that those guys that day? He said, you're your father the devil. <laughs> you know? And the works he will do. See, you need to know Christ. If I'm going to teach you about Christ, i got to know about Christ. I have got to have experience, and I have got to know Him. Amen. A teacher of truth in the gospel's, gospel life must be a reflection of the truth in the gospel. Amen. You know, see, you, you've got to know what you're talking about. See, and that comes from preparation. That comes from preparing. See, you don't want to keep struggling. You want to be sure of what you're talking about. You know, this is why Paul told him, I have declared unto you the whole counsel of God. You know, I have held nothing back. You know, so this is what you want to be able to do is to teach truth effectively and to know truth effectively. Amen. You don't want to, when somebody asks you a question, this is why Peter says, you be ready to give an answer to every man to ask you the reason of the hope that's in you. You don't want to be going, I don't know. You know, you're a teacher. You know, can you imagine being a teacher in school? And a kid raises his hand and says, can you explain that problem you just put on the board? And the teacher goes, oh, well, I, I don't know. You know, No. You have to be able to answer people 
from the Word of God, ready to give an answer of the hope that is in you. Now, granted, you know, every question that people throw at you, we'll talk more about this next month as well, too, but you will have to have the wisdom and knowledge to be able to discern what the question is and how to answer the question, see? But you should be ready to answer the question, you know, whether it's turning it back to the individual that asked you the question, that they answered the question, and present it to them in a loving and kind and gentle manner because the wisdom from above is first pure and gentle, you know. So you have to be able to be the teacher. You are the teacher now. You've got the Spirit. And Jesus said the Spirit will lead you and guide you to all truth. See, now is not the time to waver. Now is the time to be strong. As Job says, that he that has his hands as clean will be stronger and stronger. And Daniel says in 11.32 that the people that do know their God shall be what? Strong and do exploits. Right. So you should be growing in the things of God. You should be teaching. As Peter, Paul told the church in Hebrews in the fifth chapter, he says, At the time you ought to be teachers, you had need that one teach you again, which has become the first principles of the oracles of God. See, if you've been in the church any amount of time, you should be Teaching. <laughs> you should be teaching. See? Because the more you do, the stronger you're going to become in Christ. The more you prepare, you know, that's the joy of the Lord is my strength. See? You, you've got to. Amen. So, to be a teacher of the gospel, effective, I said, is you've got to believe in the gospel. You've got to believe this. If you never get to a point that you believe this is true, if you never get to the point that you believe the Holy Ghost is true, if you never get to a point that you believe baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is true, if you never get to a point where you believe living a holy and godly and separated life in the world is true, you're never going to teach it. Not effectively. But if you believe it, you will teach it effectively. Amen. It's just like, you know, people that goes around selling stuff, they have to believe in the product. That's why the company get them to believe in the product, you know, so that they can sell the product, you know. And this is why Christ wants us to be the same. You know, we got to be willing to believe this and to teach it effectively. That's what he wants us to do. Amen. Paul told Timothy that he had to be an example in the Word. Amen. The Word. Amen. Whether he's teaching, whether he's preaching, whatever he's doing, talking, or whatever, it has to be an example. If you were to look at Psalms 119, all 176 verses talk about the Word. <laughs> you know? It talks about the Word of God. You know, precepts. You, you, they break down in those eight little verses, and there's always precepts, statutes, commandments, precepts, statutes, commandments, judgments. You know, it's, it's all he's doing. He's repeating it over and over and over. This is why Moses, when you read the book of Deuteronomy, as you hear me say, it's just a book of remembrance. All he's telling them is, whatever you do, don't forget God. You know, don't forget what God told you. 
You know, <laughs> and that's what happened. You know, every time they forgot the word of God to get in trouble. It's the same way today. You forget what God told you to do and you don't do it, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> uh, so you have to get to that point in our lives that we become a doer of God's word. Amen. How we deliver the message. How we exalt and encourage. How you speak and so intercourse with one another all reflects teaching. You know, when Jesus was walking on the road to Emmaus in, in the book of Luke 24, the Bible says finally he turns into them. And as he talked to them, you know, they came back and they said, Boy, did not our hearts burn within us as he what? Expound to us the word. The scriptures, amen, he brought them to light. That's the way you're supposed to be when people leave from you, when you've been around them. They, they're supposed to be able to say, boy, there was something, something about them. There was something that he said or something he was doing that, wow. You know the old saying, you get one shot to make a lasting impression, right? See, so you should be talking and teaching from your actions and your life and your words and things you're saying. You know, that's why in Acts, the, they said to Paul and the Silas, Brother Barnum, excuse me, if you have any words of exhortation, say on. See, we're called to build up. We're on the building crew. We're no longer on the wrecking crew. When I was in the world, I was on the wrecking crew. But now I'm on the building crew. We're building the kingdom of God. And so to do that, I got to teach the Word of God effectively. Amen. This is what we want to accomplish. Notice James 1 and verse 19. James 1, 19. I think it's 19. might be 18, somewhere in there. But he tell us, yeah, hey, I was right. <laughs> Wherefore? What's it there for? <laughs> Wherefore, my dear, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, <laughs> and slow to wrath. Amen. Now notice, listen. Good teachers have to learn how to listen. Don't feel like you've got to get the last word in. Learn how to listen. See? Because if you learn how to listen, you can give some good teaching. Part of being a good listener is being able to repeat back what people say to you. See? You know, that's that called active listening. You know? You know, I'm getting old now, so I may have to get some ear because I'm missing some of the things that's being said. My wife tells me that all the time, but that's okay. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> erase that off the tape. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, we we got to learn how to listen. That's like, as I said earlier, if a teacher is up there just talking and this kid's got a problem and, and, trying to, and she ain't listening to what he's saying, you know, Pretty soon the kid will feel like, well, you know, why, why should I even talk? You know, Jesus always listened before he gave an answer. He had time to sit and to listen. See? And the, he waited until the opportunity, the door opened, and he presented. You know? 
it, a lot of times they would say to him, Master, Moses said, you know, and boom, it opened the door to be able to teach, see? And that is, this is going to happen to you a lot of times. You're just sitting there listening, and somebody will say something, and they say, Brother Richard, what do you think? You know? And then as a result of that, the door is now open. See? Because you have heard what they were talking about, and you can begin to bring it around and show them the truth of the matter. See? This is why you got to be a good listener. And he says, and let every man be what? Slow to speak. Speak. Quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Amen. Anger rests in the bosom of fools, right? You know? And so if you get angry real easy, you're not going to be a good teacher. Oh. You can't be a novice. You got to be an example of what you're teaching. Right? You know? Yeah, Jesus turned over the money changers and all that, but it was an appropriate time. Be angry and sin not, you know. So, but, but we have to get to this point to where we're following the Word of God, presenting this truth and love. Amen. So we got to learn how to listen. Don't feel like you've got to get the last word in. Amen. A teacher must have a good behavior, Paul told him. And our conduct and our actions, you know, it, it is, it is we've got to get to that point to where, you know, we, what we do in the places we go and how we conduct ourselves, we're teaching. Even in our families. If I yell and scream and holler at my kids, my grandkids, my wife, or whatever, I'm setting a bad example. I'm teaching how to do what is wrong. See? So we have to learn how to present things in a good manner to where they see Christ in us, the hope of glory. Go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Starting with verse uh, 14. But if you have bitter... And envy and strife in your heart. Glory not and lie not against the truth. See, if I've got strife and bitterness in my heart, I'm not going to teach truth. Because I can't teach what ain't there. See? If I'm always gossiping and talking about people, I'm not going to teach truth. See? Because what am I? James will tell us if you're soon here. He's, he calls us a hypocrite. You know? But if I have bitter and envy and strife in my heart, I can't glory. And I don't want to lie against the truth. Verse 15. This wisdom. Notice. He said, if I got bitter and envy and all that stuff. He said, that wisdom is not from above. It didn't come from God. But it's earthly and sensual and it's devilish. It's coming from Satan. See? For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. 
confusion, confusion. But now notice, the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Notice, it is first pure. Amen. See, when you are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are risen to walk in newness of life. See, you are moving towards that perfection. You are working on that purity. You know, this is why the Lord says in Isaiah 1.16, Come now, wash, reason together. Though your sins would be as scarlet, they should be like crimson. Though they be white, red as, you know, they'd be like wool, right? He said, I'm going to cleanse you. Purify yourselves. Say, the more I stay in the Word of God, the more pure I'm going to be. Because God can't sin. God don't know sin. Say, and so and as a result, this is the point we're trying to get. So when we speak and teach the Word of God and the things of God, we need to present it in a pure fashion. Amen. When I give wisdom and counsel, it's got to be the real deal. Because what is our goal? To deliver. To set people free. Say, so it's first pure. And then it's peaceable. Say, you should be able to receive it in peace. It should come in peace. You know, he is the prince of peace. Say, and he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. So it's first pure, then it's peaceable, and it's gentle. See? It don't yell, you scream, holler, and all this stuff. It's gentle towards them that is on the receiving end. It's come soft, it's, it's mild, it's yielding, and is able to, to get in there and do what God wants to do. When you look how Jesus conduct, it would have been easy for Jesus to back to the woman caught in adultery. But what did he say to her? Woman, where's your accusers? Has no man condemned you? She says, no man, Lord. He says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. That's wisdom from above. Is gentle. Look how he talked to the woman at the well in John 4. He didn't bash her. He didn't say, you know, you've had five husbands and six and now you're, you know. He didn't bash her. He just talked to her gently. You know, she comes to the well and she says, give me the drink. She says, how's you being a Jew ask me Samaritan for a drink? You know, we have no deal. He says, if you knew the gift of God. And who it is to ask you, you would have asked to me and I would give you living one. Notice the conversation we would read. He didn't, he never bashed her. See? He was presenting to her wisdom. I will be in you a well of water springing up unto eternal life. And then she says, sir, I, I perceive you a prophet. Our father says that in this mountain, you know, we should worship. But you say in Jerusalem. And what Jesus says, believe me, the hour is coming when neither in this mountain in Jerusalem shall men worship. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. She, he presented the truth to her in a kind and gentle manner. And when it was all said and done, she says, well, I know Messiah, which is called Christ. When he comes, he's going to tell us all things. Jesus says, guess what? I'm here. <laughs> 
she took off and left those water pots. She ran back in the city and says, come see a man that told me everything ever I did. Is not this the Christ. See? Notice, she became a quick witness just like that because how he taught her. See, when you explain the truth of the matter in a gentle way, people is going to take that and they're going to go tell other people, this is what Christ wants. See, freely you have received, freely give. Amen. So you want to do it gentle, easy to be treated. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You don't want to present it the wrong way. You want it to be taken. You know, you want it to be received. Amen. You want to see people shaking their head going, yeah, that is right. (laughs) Yeah, why didn't I think of that? You know, that makes a whole lot of sense. See, that's how wisdom is. It will be entreated. It will receive it. See, you don't want it to receive it the wrong way. You want it to receive it the right way. Amen. You want it to be effective when they take it. It's what you're looking at doing. Amen. Because you're presenting it in such a soft and loving and kindness and peaceful way. You want them to receive it. Amen. It was full of mercy. Full of compassion. Amen. It's of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed. See? So you want to present it in compassion. This is what Jude is saying. Jude says, I think it's verse 24. He says, on some have compassion. Make a difference. See? Either 23 or 24. He says, make a difference. Have compassion. See? Yeah. When you are presenting this truth, amen, you want to make sure that what you're telling people is going to make a difference. You know? That's why a lot of times at funerals and things of that nature, you know, they tell us ministers, you know, all the time, you got to have compassion. You know? And the older I get, I'm starting to realize in today's world, i got to have a whole lot of compassion. Because there are just so many people now that are hurting. So many people now that have no knowledge of Christ. So many people, you know, that's trying to find their way. Confusion. You know, they've been hoodwink. <laughs> yeah, hoodwink. Yeah, hoodwink. Satan has blinded their minds. See? And so I have to have compassion on a lot of the things that they're doing. See, I can't say, well, I've been living for God 30 years. I knew that when I was 18, 19 years old. No, I didn't. You know, you know sometimes people think just because they've been living for God 90 years, they got all the answers. No, you didn't get there overnight. See, this is why you've got to have some compassion on people. This is why Paul says, judge not, lest you be judged. Let him that think he stand take heed lest he fall. See, I've got to have some compassion here so that when I, when somebody share or somebody is hurting, you know, I've got to be able to be as Christ and say, listen and present the answer in a loving way, in a caring and considerate way, say, so that their lives can be changed. Because as Isaiah, the Lord said in Isaiah, my word will not return void. It will accomplish what I send it. Say, so when people come to you, 
You have to be a teacher of truth because you have to see it as God bringing them to you. People's darkness always come to the light. See? And that's what Jesus is trying to let us to see. See, you're the light of the world. So people are going to gravitate to you. This is why a lot of times you stand in Walmart in the line. People just come out of nowhere and start talking to you. You're the light. It's kind of like the fly at night. He's coming to the light. See? So you have to be ready, see, with compassion. You can't throw up your hands and go, Oh, they might rob me. Oh, no. You know, I don't want to get close to that black guy. I don't want to get close to that white guy. I don't want to get close to that Hispanic guy. No. They may be, God may be drawing them to you. Say, so that you can show some compassion and show some love and consideration. Amen. So you got to be full of mercy. You know, and, and same thing with John, Nicodemus in John 3 when he came to Jesus by night. You know, again, Jesus didn't bash him. It's just like, look at all the wisdom that is flowing out of that third chapter to Nicodemus. You know, Jesus shows him. You know, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, he just gave him a basic Bible study right there in the lesson. Because Nicodemus was a teacher of the, you know, the Jews, you know. And so Jesus was just sharing with him the truth. You know, you want to see another good, beautiful lesson in, 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 in this concept, you read Acts chapter 7. Stephen takes them all the way from, from Genesis all the way to where they were right at that point. And he did it in love. Yes, he got a little heated under the collar at the end, but but he told them. He gave them a good history lesson. You know, he was presented in love. You know, and so therefore he's got the wisdom from above. Is and was it affected? You bet it was affected. Because look at Paul's life was changed. Yeah, even though they stoned Stephen, it wasn't long. The next chapter, what is happening? You know, Paul's being converted. You know, and so. He understood. Amen. So it's, it's a good fruit. Amen. The, the wisdom is a good fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is in all righteousness, peace. Amen. Without partiality. Amen. You want to share truth and wisdom with everybody. Like I said a few minutes ago, you know, you want to be able to share this truth with everybody, no matter race, creed, and color. This is why Peter got into a little... Trouble with Paul when he came down uh, to the Samaritans there. And as a result, he was eating with them and having a good time. And then when some from the Jews came, he wanted to withdraw himself. So Peter got him into trouble, basically, you know, and began to talk to him. We can't be par- impartial. We can't be partial when it comes to sharing and teaching people. Because we never know what God wants to do in all this. Amen. And it's got to be without hypocrisy. We can't be hypocrites. You know, and so people out there say, oh, there's too many hypocrites in church. Well, granted, there's hypocrites on your job, too. You don't quit going to work, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, they're everywhere, see. But it must not be us. It, it must not be us, you know, who has the spirit of Christ. You know, we have to be true to what we are teaching and what we are talking about amen so as teachers we must be good examples 
Amen. And this is why Paul told the church at uh, Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. He says, you examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. He says, you prove your own self. Know you not how that Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. He says, but I trust that you know you're not a reprobate. You know you're not any good, is basically what he's saying. You know you're some good. You have the goods. It's inside of you. This is why he told Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. If you've been procrastinating and feel like you can't do anything for God, then you need to stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, if you find yourself just, you know, dragging through like Eeyore, I think that's his name, ain't he? Yeah, if you feel like that's you, you're just dragging along, whatever, you know, you, you need to stir up the gift that is inside of you and come on and get in the race. You know, you don't want to be like the rabbit sleeping along the side of the trail and the turtle pass you by. See, you've got to get involved in this thing. We're called to go teach, you know. You know, you, you've got to get involved. You know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Like the kids' memory verse last week, and I touched on a little bit Sunday, you know, in Matthew twenty-five twenty-one, the Lord told them, the servants, he gave them talents, and the one with the one, what did he do? He hid it in the ground. He didn't do anything with it. Right. You know, when the Lord came back, he told him, he says, you knew. You knew I sowed where I didn't reap, and you knew I gathered where I didn't struggle. At least you should have put my money to this, the bank, treasury. At least I'd have got some interest, but you didn't do anything with it. See? But, you know, you've got to use it. See, that talent you got, you can teach with it. You know, if you're a good cook, you can teach with that talent. If you're a good mechanic, you can teach with that t- talent. You need to know what you can do. You know, you can teach people by what talents you have and your abilities. See? Brother Terry is a great carpenter, and he teaches people all the time how to be good carpenters. He teaches them stuff. You know, he's a teacher. See? He's sharing what he has learned with us. And it's no different in the church. We learn stuff in church. We learn about God. We got to be ready to share it with other people. That's all the disciples did. That's all they did. They followed him. They observed him. They looked at him. And finally, Jesus says, Okay, it's time to put you guys to the test. And I sent them out for two, sent 70 guys out for two. They came back, Wow, Lord, even the devil's is subject to us, according to your name. Yeah, they realized they could do it. You know? And look at the disciples. They went everywhere preaching the word of God with signs following. And that was 2,000 and something years ago. And here we are. See? Because Jesus prayed for them in the garden. When you look at John 20, he says, I'm not praying for these only. He says, I'm praying for everybody who will believe on me through their word. You know? And they left Jerusalem, and they start telling and teaching, and here it is today. Right. You know, right. down this far, this many years, is still going. And we're still sharing, and we're still teaching. And that's what it's all about. You know, we don't know who's going to be saved. We don't know what's going to happen. 
As that song said, we'll understand it better by and by. You know, we get to the other side, the other shore. You know, when you look at your fruit tree, you know, how much fruit is on your tree. Amen. So we have to be teachers. And as teachers, we've got to be good examples. Amen. So we can't not preach except we be sent. We have been sent. Number three, amen, we have to confirm the doctrine. We have to confirm the doctrine here. Amen. And uh, and we have to confirm it by a good example. You know, the doctrine. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16, says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. You know, doctrine is how you fight. Doctrine deals with, you know, things that is proven True is how you operate. You know, the Bible is doctrine. You know, it's proven itself. And so, therefore, you have to know the doctrine. You know, what did Jesus teach? You know, if he taught love, then you've got to be an example of that love. Because you are sharing the doctrine. See, if the doctrine of forgiveness, you've got to be able to teach forgiveness. If the doctrine is compassion and mercy, you've got to teach mercy and forgiveness and grace. Whatever the doctrine is of Christ, you've got to teach it. Jesus taught baptism. Jesus taught the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Jesus taught holiness and separation. So these are all part of the doctrines that he taught. So these are the things that we've got to teach. See? He taught the gospel. These are the things we've got to teach. It's the gospel. We've got to be able to explain, as Paul says, you know, the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. How it all applies. We have to study. You know, sometimes we may have to get other books uh, to, to translate uh, different things so that we can look and, and get a clearer understanding so we can present it in a meaningful way. Amen. He told the church at Rome in Rome sixteen seventeen. He says, "Mark them which cause offense contrary to the doctrine." I meant, mark them which cause division and offense contrary to the doctrine which you have received, and avoid them. Right. I mark them, I avoid them, right? And so, therefore, you—if I don't know the doctrine, I just fall for anything. See, see, I'll teach anything. If I don't know the doctrine, see, Ephesians 4.11 says he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the union of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the fullness of the stature of Christ, that we be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. See, there's all kinds of doctrines out there. But there's only one true doctrine. And so you need to know it. See? You've got to know the doctrine of Jesus Christ. You've got to study the gospel. You've got to study the apostles, what they taught and what they teach. So that you too will present the, the same gospel. You know, it's not, oh, everybody's going to heaven. Guarantee everybody is not going to heaven. You know? 
If people come up with that mess, you be sure everybody is not going to heaven. If it would, Jesus would not have said it was. He told you in Matthew chapter 7, right? He says, not everyone say to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. See? He says, you're going to have to do my word to be able to get into heaven. See? If everybody would be saved, then the children of Israel all walked into the promised land. But my Bible says with many of them, God was not well pleased. 23,000 fell in one day in the wilderness because of what? Fornication. Uh, So it doesn't work that way. Everybody is not going to be saved. See? So that's the doctrine out there. Once saved, always saved. No, you... You, you're, you're not always saved. You know, you're not going to be like the big bad wolf and huff and puff and get yourself in. <laughs> the wall there is kind of solid. <laughs> Even Jesus gave you a story that the thief had, the man had to get in some other way. He didn't come through the gate. Because Jesus says, I am the gate. <laughs> I am the door. And nobody's coming under the Father but by me. Say. So you're not going to get in any other way but through Christ. Amen. So you've got to to know the doctrine. Amen. So whatever the doctrine was that they taught you too, we must teach the same thing. We have to use, again, we go back to what I said earlier, the wisdom with gentleness. Because if you look at Acts 18 with Priscilla and Aquila with, with Apollos, you know, Paul, Apollos was eloquent. The man says he was eloquent in, in scripture. You know, he, he had it all down pat. He just didn't know about the baptism of Jesus Christ. So Priscilla and Aquila pulled him to the side in a gentle and loving way and expounded to him the ways of Christ more clearly. And from that point, you see him linked up with the apostle Paul after that. And he's sharing truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you read the end of Paul's epistles and letters, he's commenting Apollos, you know, because now he's, he's got it right. There's a lot of people, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people out there that love God. There's a lot of people out there that is, that is studying the scriptures, you know. And sometimes God is going to use you and I to bring them to the fullness of knowledge of truth, you know. I think I've shared with you the story... Of the, of the lady that was in, her husband was in the army with us, you know. And we left Virginia, went to Okinawa. They left Virginia, came to Okinawa. They was going to the chapel, you know. We was going off base to our apostolic church. They loved the Lord. I mean, they went to religiously. Everything was going on in that chapel. They was there every service, you know. And their family, they loved the Lord. I mean, they was doing everything they knew was right, you know. And when they got to Okinawa, one day it came in my office, and she had called them, left a message on my phone and asked me to call her, you know. And I called, and she says, you know, can you explain to me about the Holy Ghost? So we brought her to our house that night, you know, had dinner with her and her husband. They gave her a Bible study, and as soon as we started teaching the Bible study, she saw the oneness of God. She started weeping and crying, hollering out, saying, I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. You know, tears just running down her face. We says, what do you see, Kathy? What do you see? She says, I see that Jesus is God. You know, 
The next day, I took her out to the East China Sea. And <laughs> but as I tell everybody that I baptized out there that day in that sea, I says, as you look, I said, as far as the east is from the west, I said, this is the biggest baptistry in the whole world, you know. And so if anybody ever tell you you need to be baptized again, anybody ever tell you that you need to be baptized some other way, you tell them it's wrong. Because you was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the East China Sea. Uh, and I buried her in Jesus' name. She come up out of that water. She started worshiping God, and all of a sudden, when the Holy Ghost hit her, man, she started speaking in tongues. You could hear her all over the whole seaside out there where, where we went to baptize people. I mean, and she would go home, and she would be speaking in tongues. She called my wife and said, does it ever stop? <laughs> my wife said, just enjoy it. Amen. Because she had a hungry heart. See? And that's, this is, and that's what I'm, the people out there, they have a hungry heart. They want to know more. You know, I'm not saying they got to come here, you know, because Kathy didn't leave the cap. She didn't leave the didn't leave the chapel. You know, some Sunday night she would come to our church her and her husband. She never left the chapel, you know, but she had the Holy Ghost. So that's between her and God. She could be more effective there. See, see. And so this is what we, you know, we want to just teach people truth. See, so that they have the knowledge of truth, and God will lead them. We never know where God's going to take them after that. You know, they will know the truth, and the truth shall make them free. Amen. So, we got to know the doctrine. We have to study, as Paul told Timothy. He says, "You study, you know, and you continue in the doctrine. For in so doing, you will save yourself and everyone else that hears it from you." So if doctrine saves me and doctrine saves you, guess what it's going to do to people hear it from you? It's going to save them. See? And this is why we have to teach, amen, the gospel of Jesus Christ, why we must be good examples of Christ, amen, and all that we do, amen. He charged them also to beware of negligence. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Amen. You've got gifts. You've got talents. You've got abilities. Don't neglect it. Use it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, this is what he's saying. Use the gifts that you got. What gift has God given you? Do you have the word of wisdom? Do you have the word of knowledge? Do you have the word of faith? Do you have helps? Do you have administrations? What gift do you have? If you don't know your spiritual gift, then find the altar Talk to God and says, Lord, I need to know what is my gift, spiritual gift. What is my natural gifts? All of us should know what our natural gifts and abilities. You know what you can do good. <laughs> you know, you know, use it. Use it. Search out and says, man, I, I know I can do something. It ain't nothing but hopscot it around the front of the church. <laughs> when the kids walk by, you know, draw, draw a hopscotch out in front. You know, so let me teach you how to play hopscotch. You know, you don't know how to do it anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know, you can do stuff like that when the kids are walking by sometimes and stuff. And you never know what what child will come into church because you're out there playing hopscotch. You know, 
So you got to be teachers, even at your home, in your area, where you live, you know, around your neighborhood, whatever. You, 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 should, be, you should be good teachers to your neighbors. Things you do help you offer them all opportunities for you to teach, all opportunities for you to be a listener the ear, all opportunities for you to bring wisdom and knowledge into people's lives. See? But it requires you and I, to first of all, to be examples of what we're going to teach. That's the key thing, is we have to be. Because people are observing us. They see, you know, they're observing you. You know, you're the light of the world. So they see you everywhere you go. They see you, you know. And so what are they saying about you? What do they feel when you walk by them, you know? Do they smile when they see you? Do they speak to you when they see you? What are, what are they doing? All opportunities. You know, Christmas time. You know, all opportunities. Our neighbors tell us all the time, man, I can't wait till Christmas get here because your wife is going to bake that good banana bread and you're going to bring it around and deliver it. Yeah, that's right. You know, opportunities to teach. You know. Snow time comes, get my snow thaw out, blow their snow right out of their yard. Opportunity to teach. You know, all this stuff. Amen. So, but that's what we are we are doing, amen, is don't neglect the gifts that is in us. Amen. Give ourselves wholly to the things of God that it may prosper. Amen. Because we're pressing towards the mark and we're going to be good teachers. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God's good.